Hey, so recently we had Mental Health Awareness Week and uh, I would like in this episode to share with you uh, five um, or snippets from five different live videos that I did on Facebook talking about various different very important uh, mental health challenges uh, and concepts and things that people struggle with on a day-to-day basis and we really were able to, weren't we, hit these kind of topics hard over that Mental Health Awareness Week. So I wanted to release this a little bit after the fact because I want it to remain in the forefront of our minds and for it to help as many people as possible. So here's a compilation of my five most important Mental Health Awareness Week tips. Enjoy. Welcome to Tommy G Talks. Everything is beautiful. Comparison. Comparison comes from the word compare. Now, if we take the word compare and we strip it down and we look at what it really means, it actually means with, which is the com part, and uh, equal, which is the Latin for um, the the latter part of the word, which is actually par. So compare, compare, we've got um, with equal. Now, the reason why comparison is a problem is because of the the world that we live in now and the amount of information that we're subject to combined with something very interesting, which is that um, we're very free. We're free to create. Now, if we think about compare with equal, it's really important for us as human beings to compare ourselves. It actually is an essential part of our evolution, of our living. We are tribal. We should seek people who are like us, our equals, in order to have strength in numbers, in order to survive, in order to be able to pull in and utilise the strengths of other people, in order to live uh, as a tribe, as a unit. So we are, we are as, as instinct animals, we need groups. So we need to compare because we've got to figure out who is like us, right? So it is a evolutionary and a survival um, practice that has kept us alive for many generations to know who our tribe is, to know who who we should, uh, you know, bunch up with, so to speak. Um, Now, the problem is uh, as much as that's a, a thing that we need to do and it's an instinct, we've also got another instinct, which is to help us to survive and to keep us away from danger. Now, because we are free um, and we can create and the reason for that is because we don't have as much pain and stress as previous generations do we've got this opportunity to express ourselves and to be creative and to have the internet and do live videos and stuff like that we are so interconnected now that it's not just about who you meet and who lives near you in in your neighborhood or your colony it's actually now about everyone so everyone and everything we have this also this fake layer of success or what success looks like and we look at that and we look at ourselves and there's a disconnect and we think maybe I don't fit in or maybe I'm not good enough because lack of confidence is a massive part of uh, the comparison problem we compare ourselves to other people and we lack confidence 
if we didn't lack confidence, it wouldn't be a problem because we feel good and we'd be okay. But because we lack the confidence in the situation, we have this instinct in our mind that kicks in to say, survive, 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 danger, danger, danger. You're not good enough. You need to do more. And so we get this disconnect. And actually, lack of confidence is just lack of trust. It's lack of trust in ourselves. Confidence is to confide in ourselves. So in order to overcome this problem, first of all, we need to realise that comparison is okay. It's not that comparison itself needs to disappear. Yes, we should stop comparing ourselves, but we should stop comparing ourselves to people that aren't necessarily on our, like, on our mission. Um, We shouldn't compare ourselves to everybody. We should just compare ourselves to the people who we think are like us. And it shouldn't be a competitive comparison. It should be a binding comparison. That's the problem. We need to pull together, not go against one another here. Uh, again, those of you that are just tuning in, the, the word comparison comes from the word compare, which translated back to its Latin origins means compar, which is to find a with equal. That's what we're looking to do. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Um, we're looking to find people that are like us because it's strength in numbers. And to have strength in numbers, we've got to be able to trust. And so the key is to be able to, first of all, trust yourself, which in this day and age means knowing who you are. Knowing what you what you do, what your strengths are, what you can work on, being very honest about that, and not being afraid to be vulnerable. When we're able to trust and we're able to share, we can be a bit vulnerable, we can get closer together, we can pull in together, we can achieve a lot. So uh, that's what we're here to do. We're here to achieve as much as we can on the inside to feel good, but also on the outside to be able to pass on things that we learn to other people, to bring our children up in a world where we feel proud of what we've created, to leave a legacy, you know, whatever that legacy looks like to you. Um, And yeah, I'm going a little bit deeper on this because, you know, this is my realm this is what I uh, am very much into what I like to help people with is is to overcome these challenges and it's not as easy as just pumping a load of motivational content at you Um, our minds are extremely complex and uh, we're stressed and we're stretched far beyond we ever have been Um, there's so much going on it's very fast paced out there there's a lot of information overload and so Within a click of the fingers, we can find ourselves scrolling through social media, comparing ourselves to everyone. I've been guilty of that and I still do it sometimes because it's a natural thing to do. The key message today is the trust in your own life and what you've got going on and just get behind your own intentions, not get too distracted. The way you start your day is extremely uh, powerful the way you start your day and how soon you are uh, flicking through social media or your emails or your texts or your there. That always happens, doesn't it? Versus just spending some time in your own head, understanding what you think, understanding what you feel, getting to know yourself a little bit. Because when you trust in yourself, you're less likely to feel bad when you look at other people because it's not going to stop. You're going to look at other people. It's built into your DNA as a human being. Remember, we are tribal. We're to share and to grow together which is why it's important that we are to be the change that we want to see in the world. If you want to be able to trust in others, you first have to be able to trust in yourself. And so that's what I want to share with you today on this first day of Monday, um, Mental Health Awareness Week, Uh, because uh, there's too many people out there. They're getting very down in the dumps, getting very depressed, getting very uh, anxious and low self-worth, low self-esteem because they're looking at what other people are doing 
and they think that they're not good enough or they don't think, they don't think they're doing as well as uh, somebody else. And um, I guess the sad thing is that behind the scenes of the person that they're comparing themselves to, if it is social media, there's probably a lot more going on. It's probably not all what it seems. It's probably not all rosy. Social media can be a bit of a highlight reel. You know that. I don't need to patronise you. You understand. Um, but yet we do find ourselves doing that. So remove the the need to uh, to feel like you need to be more or better. Trust in what you're doing and find people who are like you. That's the most important thing. Environment, social environment is key so that you can bounce ideas off someone and each other so that you can trust, so that you can share, so that you can talk and grow. I mean, there's a lot, will be a lot going around Mental Health Week about talking. Um, yes, ultimately it will help. Um, but how? How should we talk? The way that that works is just having someone that you know, you trust, that can listen uh, to what you're saying and uh, shed some light on the fact that you're not alone. I think sometimes we feel like we're the only person in the world who's, uh, who's feeling these things when actually every single person, all the people that have watched and that are watching this and that will watch this, um, nobody's perfect. It's impossible to be perfect. Being perfect or trying to be perfect is like trying to catch oxygen. It's impossible to do. Um, and you should never think that's the case. Everyone has something. Um, and when you know that, it feels a bit better because you know that you're not alone. That's the key. It's not about, it's never about who's better or worse. It's just knowing that you're not alone. So I hope this has helped. Do let me know. There's some, uh, I've seen some comments uh, just coming through here. Let me just check them out um, while we are here together. Um, David, uh, very true. Thanks to the great, oh, come on, behave. It's a part of, uh, very flattered, thank you. It's a part of my life that's improved, many thanks, good man. Um, true wise words, uh, thank you very much, Fiona. Sarah, always find something positive at the hard times. Tell yourself every day that you're good enough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of, um, uh, it's a popular saying right now, isn't it, that, um, that I am enough. Um, now, personally, I like to challenge these things and think what's the next step from there. I think that um, we're more than enough and there's probably more that we bring that we don't know of and there's more that we could bring that we aren't bringing, so to speak, in our lives. And um, like I said earlier, we're in a generation of freedom and that generation of freedom that we're in, because we haven't got like, you know, depending on where you live in the world, obviously, but we haven't got any major, like previous generations have had it pretty rough, haven't they? You know, wars and all sorts of poverty and stuff like that. And I'm talking about strictly, you know, Western culture. Uh, I don't know where you're from in the world watching this. I hope I haven't offended anyone that is going through something like that. Um, but as far as, you know, people in the UK and, uh, you know, we've got Brexit. Um, but you could argue that that's a problem that's come out of a freedom generation, you know. Um, anyway, let's not get too far down the rabbit hole here. What I'm saying is that because we have freedom, we're thinking a little bit differently than we have before we're not binding together in the way that we were before and uh, the problem is that we tend to look over the person's fence and we think oh the grass is a bit greener over there and maybe I need to do better uh, instead of pulling together to see how we can help each other to to move forward so it has to start with you it can't start anywhere else you've got to be the one who uh, chooses to uh, extend your trust and to, for that to happen 
it has to happen in here first. So there are five main negative emotions that if we hold uh, in our minds, in our, in our being, in our thoughts every day, these negative emotions can show up and cause us problems. They can cause us physical stress, physical um, strain. They can cause us a lot of mental harm, like big time, because your emotions are, are they, they live in your unconscious mind, in your brain. So these five emotions are anger, sadness, hurt, guilt, and fear. And I do a lot of my work, a lot of my coaching is helping people to overcome their past anger, sadness, hurt, guilt and fear and resolve those uh, moments and chapters of their life in order to not hold that baggage anymore and be able to move forwards. Now, there are uh, three main areas of life that we can focus on at the highest level, health, relationships and career. I prefer to call that contribution because not everyone has a career some people volunteer their time they don't work um, and that's cool because contribution is the same kind of thing it's what you give your time and energy to so we have health relationships and contribution now if you think about um, letting go that can apply to all three of those areas think about it health how many times have you or someone you know uh, thought oh you know I I used to be that size. I'm going to hold on to the. I'm going to hold on to the idea of being that fit again. I'm going to hold on to the idea of being that size eight again, or fitting into my suit that I wore at my wedding, or my dress that I wore, you know, at that party, and just holding on to it, not letting it go, um, or even just holding on to the feeling of what you used to be under situations, circumstances, in a different life, really. If you think about some of the things that could be different in your life when you talk about your body and your health, different time, different responsibilities, different time pressures, uh, different age, so physically your body's not going to be as capable, perhaps. And we need to be able to accept these things. And accepting them is a form of letting them go. And sometimes we can have things, like physical things around us, that we need to dispose of because they are actually the metaphor of holding on to the thing that we need to let go of. Now that's a health-based scenario, um, holding on to what was, just hoping that we could maybe get, maybe get there again one day and what we should do is we should realise that in letting go, we create space. Now think about it in your mind, it's the same as if you had something in your hands, letting it go create space. And in that space, we can fill it with something productive. We can fill it with something uh, opportunistic because we can't do anything about the past. And that could be seen, that could seem like a problem for people not being able to change the past. But the cool thing about it is that everything that's ever happened is history. It's fact. And that can't go anywhere. You've shared moments with people, even if it's a memory in your mind or a shared memory or it's a photograph or it's something which lots of people experienced, you know, that's the bit that will never go away. What's happened has happened as part of your life story. You can tell your kids about it. You can tell your grandkids about it. It can live on longer than you. And that's the thing that you can't change. And actually, that's good because that means it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't need, you don't need a thing. You don't need a, an, ob an object to remind you of that. It's just fact. And that becomes even more powerful when we look into relationships. Now, the ultimate highest um, end example of this, which is not an easy one to talk about, but it's very real and very true, is when we talk about people, um, when people pass away. It could be that we hold on to their life for a little bit and you know that's obviously perfectly normal, but that can have an effect on us mentally. It can, it can really 
If you think about those five emotions, anger, sadness, I'm definitely sadness, hurts, guilt, and fear, there could be a mixture of emotions there that we might be holding on to. And uh, whenever I'm working with a client and we're talking about grief, and it's a very tough topic and it's very personal for people, and I'm, I can talk like this because you know I've been very vocal and share a lot about my own experiences. Uh, a lot of what I teach is based around the fragility of life. And in order to understand that, I had to be exposed to death and to understand how fragile we really are. And so I can now help others to look at things a bit differently. And when it comes to letting go of relationships, if it is grief, and it doesn't mean that someone has to pass away, by the way, it could be grief of a, a loving relationship that falls apart or a friendship that falls apart. It's still the same kind of feeling. It's like mourning a loss. And uh, when it comes to things and belongings, they don't define um, the relationship. And it's a really tough one to get your head around, but there's nothing, no physical object that will ever change what's happened. That's history. Again, you can have comfort in that because it's real. It will always exist. What you should be eventually looking to do, and time is a a massive part of this as well, is let go of the bits that you can't change. Let go of the regret. Let go of the things that you can no longer change because letting go is being lighter. And when you feel lighter, things get a little bit easier. And so we're talking about mental health awareness today. How many people do you think are feeling worse because they have these emotions based around some kind of relationship grief, whether it's a breakdown or whether it's someone passing away? I know that it's a big issue. It's a big factor for people. And you know what? No one can change the fact that these things happen because people live, people die, people go on journeys, people come and go into your life. So the sooner we can understand our own emotions, the better, because we're never going to be able to predict this and we're never going to be able to control it. So the only thing we can control is the way that we approach our attitude towards life and looking to let go of the things that we don't need that are no longer serving us, even if we think they are in its place If we can do nothing about it, nothing, if we can't control it, if it's impossible to control it, let it go and in its place put something useful, an opportunistic point of view. Um, I worked with a client yesterday who has just gone through a breakup in his relationship and we realised that, you know, he had been telling himself a story that he had nothing going for himself. He'd always been very competitive always been very motivated, always been the golden boy. And all of a sudden, you know, the relationship was the very last thing that he had that was there for him to be proud of, I suppose. And that now had gone. Um, But actually, when you flip it and say, wow, what an opportunity that is to start again. You've got a table here with empty seats. So who's going to sit around the table? Who are you going to be building relationships with? Where is the opportunity there? And I understand that what I'm saying here is on different levels. There's different examples. And in your life, you'll have your own story of, uh, of how this is uh, affecting you at this current time in your life. But the message is always the same. In every problem, there's an opportunity. And when we can let go, we can create space. And so that's an example there based around your relationships. Career is the same thing. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to regret and letting go of that. 
having something useful come in. We can only think about so much. Our minds are only capable to think about so much. And our emotions uh, are, are caged when we have those negative ones, anger, sadness, hurt, guilt and fear knocking about. Those five will hold us back and they'll show up. We'll sabotage ourselves. We'll wonder why we can't break through this phase of our life. We'll wonder why we struggle. We'll ask ourselves those kind of limiting questions. Why is this always me? Why does this always happen? Why am I always struggling with this? You know, we'll ask ourselves these questions because we ultimately have painted ourselves into a corner until we're able to shift those negative emotions and let go. Um, so the way this happens is too complex to talk to you in a video. Um, but this is Mental Health Awareness Week, which is like a free ticket for me to be able to talk about this with you and uh, to let you know that your emotions, the way you feel, are pretty much the real reason for a mental thing, okay? Because feelings are what separate us from uh, other, other life forms and what make us so unique, our consciousness, the way that we feel and the way that we think connected to our feelings. Your feelings exist in your unconscious mind and therefore it becomes a mental health thing. And I wanna share that with you today. So let go of the unnecessary, um, let go of the impossible, as in it's bound by time, it's fact, it's history, it's in the past, let go of it. If you can't change it, forget it. Because you're focusing energy that is going to waste and you've only got a certain amount of energy. So we can point that energy somewhere useful. Yes, it might hurt, yes, it might be painful, uh, but you can't do anything about it anyway. So you can choose to put your energy there or you can choose to put your energy somewhere that you can do something. Uh, not an easy thing to take on board straight away, but it's up to me and people like me to keep pushing this message on because I know how powerful it can be. I was very much in the position of, um, of uh, fear and doubt and guilt, anger and sadness and hurt and not knowing what to do. And then as soon as I realized there was nothing I could do about a few things in my life back then, I started to invite opportunity and you can do the same. So... It is a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. It's a really good rule to live by. No one's perfect. It's impossible to be perfect. It's um, something that we all experience as human beings because as long as the earth is revolving, we are evolving. I quite like that. It's quite a nice way of looking at it, isn't it? Because change is about learning, because evolution is learning. It's about being present in the moment and doing what you do uh, to learn what you need to learn to then pass on to somebody else, whether it's your children or whether it's somebody uh, who then passes that on. You know, that's how the human race evolves, through uh, stories and through sharing information and through emotional sharing. Um, and so um, I guess change uh, can happen in two ways. It can either be predicted change, which is where we know it's coming. We expect it. Hi, Fiona. Hi, David, by the way. Good to have you here. Um, and predicted change um, is one way that it can happen. The other is unforeseen change. This is when we're going about our daily life. Things are as we understand them and then bang, everything changes. Um, sometimes we call this life throwing us a curveball. Sometimes we call it getting kicked in, in the nuts. Sometimes we call it having the rug swept from under our feet. Um, all three examples, ways of explaining that life drastically changes very quickly. And whether it is predicted or unforeseen change, um, we've got to remind ourselves that it's part of the experience of life. We can never control everything. We can never keep everything the same. It's actually impossible. Think about all the factors. Again, as long as the Earth's revolving, we are evolving. There's 
all these things that we need to consider. Time itself, other people, the weather. I mean, everything changes, doesn't it? And change is necessary for us to move forwards. We just don't really like it very much. And the reason why we don't like it very much is we're hardwired to be safe. We want things to be safe and secure. So when we don't know something, when it's unknown, when change happens, we can protect ourselves and push it right away and, and not want to face it and not want to look at it and, and close ourselves in and feel very anxious and feel very uh, stressed out about change. Um, but ultimately, when we're able to accept things, they become a lot easier to deal with. So we're harboring all this uh, stress and it might not be necessary because we can realise that there's opportunity in any change, right? Change brings a chance. Whenever there's change, there's a chance, a chance to look at things differently, a chance to grow, a chance to evolve, and ultimately, a chance to learn. And so I've got three things I'm going to share with you today that are going to be able to help you, whether you're going through a change right now, or whether you have just come out the other side of one, or if none of those things apply, I'm telling you right now, there will be change again, because there always will be uh, for all of us. So knowing these three things will help you become better equipped when that time comes. Um, and so the first thing I'm going to share is uh, that you should always be looking for the opportunity. See, the thing is, um, we will notice um, more of what we think about. So you ever had it before where you're thinking about buying a car, maybe thinking about buying uh, a BMW, and then all of a sudden you just start seeing BMWs everywhere and you're like, oh my God, there's so many BMWs. But the thing is, they were already there. You just weren't looking for them. You weren't noticing them because you weren't thinking about them. We can only cope with a certain amount of bandwidth in our minds. So, you know, you will notice more of what you think about. So if you think about positive things, you'll notice more positive qualities in people. You'll notice more uh, beauty around you in the world. You'll, you'll appreciate more. You'll be more grateful. Um, whereas if you're focusing on negatives and you're asking yourself limiting questions like, why does this always happen to me? And... You're asking yourself questions that paint yourself into a bit of a corner, no way out. Then you're going to notice more problems. You're going to notice more negatives. You're going to notice more drama. You're going to notice more stress. So always be looking for the opportunity in any situation. One way that you can do that is you can literally ask when the change happens, okay, well, what are my opportunities here? Where do my opportunities exist? What opportunities are there? Uh, because that opens up a new level of thinking um, when anything happens in life that takes energy away from us, change can definitely take energy away, can't it? Um, we have to be able to bring in more energy into the equation if we're, to, if we're to be able to overcome it. Otherwise, we'll always be on the receiving end. We'll always be the victim of the change rather than being able to turn it around into something useful. So looking for the opportunities is one way that we can do it. Uh, I talk about that a lot. Um, another way that we can uh, better cope with change is just a simple thing, a very simple strategy that you can apply that can just, I like to call it, um, buy yourself a bit of time. Before you can really figure out, hi Max, good to see you my friend. Um, before you can really figure out what it is that you should do, um, what about this, give it a go. Um, the things that you're thinking that are problematic Say them out loud, but say them with a smile on your face. I know that sounds a bit silly, maybe, but give it a go. Think about the things that you're stressed out about and just say them out loud, but with a smile on your face. Because I tell you this, we are hardwired from an early age 
to understand that when we smile, that means feel good. Um, it's a universal symbol of happiness. It's a language that we share that goes beyond verbal language of communication. It is something that we are innate to receive and to understand. A smile shared is an understanding of some kind of communication through our body. Uh, it's a human sign, isn't it? A symbol of, of happiness. And so smiling forces physiology to happen inside your body. Um, and even if it's just 0.001% more optimism or more positivity, it's going to help shift things because you can either have it or not have it, right? So give that a go. It's a strange, bizarre thing to do at first, but it can uh, really change things. You know, a lot of people use humour to get through problems um, and that's ultimately what that is. It's to change the taste of the problem so that you can start to look at it differently, start to feel it differently. It becomes a bit lighter. Um, when you're going for a change, uh, give that a go. It can really help. Um, you know, my son, my son's two, and we're in the park the other day and I was feeling a bit stressed. And he's there on the slide, he's gone down the slide and he's come and stood next to me. I'm sort of a bit, I'm on the bench, I'm a bit annoyed, a bit stressed out. And he's gone, Daddy, are you happy or are you sad? And I was like, whoa, he's two years old. And I've gone, actually, mate, I'm a bit, I'm a bit sad today. And then he's gone, well, I'm happy. And that just put a smile on my face. And I went, well, you know what? I'm happy too. Well, I'm a bit happier now. And I gave him a big hug and then we went and played on the swing. Um, but, you know, my point is that even at two years old, you understand that smiling is happy. And uh, we can use that. It's inside of all of us. It's, um, we learned that at such an early age that we're wired to know it. So give it a go. And then the third one, the third point that I'm going to share with you is, is you've got to understand that change is necessary. And when you understand change is necessary, you've got to be able to trust it. You've got to be able to trust that this change um, can indeed be used as a springboard for something better. It's necessary. And whether that's necessary on a large macro scale in terms of your life or your legacy, or whether it's just a small day-to-day -day micro change that we might see as an inconvenience, like a road closure or something like that, you know? We get annoyed about those sorts of things, don't we? Uh, what we can do. And uh, it's because there's change. At first, we don't like change, but when we're able to see that it's necessary for a greater good, whatever that greater good may be, whether it's a lesson to be learned for you or whether it's a lesson learned to pass on to someone else, a perspective that you can that you can give someone if they're struggling with something or whether it's to fix something temporarily in order for it to be better. Fingers crossed that's what's happening in politics right now. Um, I don't know much about it, to be honest. I just hear what people say and they're not very happy about it. Um, but change is necessary because there will be good that comes out of it because we have to be able to trust that the goodness will be learned. It will be figured out. When we look into the change, we can learn what we need to learn and then the right minds pull together to figure out what needs to happen next. It might be that it takes a bit longer than we'd like, but it is what's going to happen. And so we have to know that change is necessary. When we trust it, it makes it a lot easier to be able to swallow and to cope with. So ultimately, rejection is learnt pain. When we're born, we don't know what rejection is. It's a fear that we have. A lot of people have fear of rejection, so therefore they won't do things, they won't try things, they won't say yes to things in case they aren't good enough or in case they fail or in case they are. 
told that they're not wanted. And it's extremely painful to be told that you're not wanted and that you're disposable in any situation, um, especially in a relationship, especially when it's with um, a loved one, whether it's a partner, whether it's a friend, whether it's a, a family member, but being rejected and pushed away feels terrible. And it is a learnt pain, so it usually takes um, a certain circumstance or situation, an event in our lives in a, at a very early age for us to even understand what rejection is. We have to go through it first as a child, probably, um, whether that was a direct, obvious rejection from your parents or a direct, obvious rejection from older brothers or sisters, or whether it was something like in school, you weren't uh, allowed to do something because the kids said you didn't fit in or they didn't want you to do it. You know, you the other kids picked on you. Uh, whether it was that you went for something and then you weren't good enough, could be a job application, could be a relationship, your first relationship maybe, or the first time you asked a girl or a guy out and they said no, and you felt humiliated and embarrassed. And so we try to protect ourselves from those feelings because we felt them and they were really sore, they were painful. So what we do is we navigate us our way through life, um, avoiding those situations because we don't want to feel like that. But the thing is, we need to be uh, vulnerable when it comes to rejection because in order to move forwards and go and achieve our goals, we've got to take the risks that are involved. We've got to be able to have that conversation with that person to ask them out on a date. We've got to be able to do that um, job application. We've got to be able to go and put ourselves out there if we're ever to achieve our goals because if it was easy and it just happened for us, then everyone would be doing everything they wanted. Everyone would be living the dream. They'd be ripped and rich and in love. And um, no, that isn't the case. So uh, we're all trying to figure it out. And the fear of rejection can stop us from going into the next goal, the next phase of our journey, because we're scared, ultimately, of embarrassment, of failure, of humiliation, <clears throat> all extremely low levels of uh, emotion. So the thing about rejection is when we go into something and we have that possibility that we will be rejected, we're actually giving hope, we're giving trust, we're giving, we're giving positive energy to something in our heads and towards it. And ultimately, we're giving love. We're giving love to ourselves to think, yes, I want to do this. This is what I really want to do. We're giving love to someone else or something else. And then that's getting chucked in our face. And one of the things that can happen, especially if you're single right now and you're watching this, um, you might get this when you're texting someone, it's all good, and then all of a sudden they just say, oh, you know, I don't think this is right for you, and I'm not the right person, and da, da, da. And quite often what happens is somebody will take control of the rejection just to have the control. So it's a strange thing, but we would rather we were the ones that took control and let ourselves down than someone else holding that power and being able to spring it upon us when we're giving trust and we're giving uh, hope and we're giving love. But we have to do that because it's necessary for us to evolve and for us to reach those high levels of happiness. So um, we can sabotage ourselves if we're not careful. Now, this is quite a deep topic. Uh, it's quite tangled. It's quite, it's quite um, complicated, perhaps. So I'm just going to give you a few different mindset tips that can help you to um, protect yourself a little bit in a positive way around rejection. So you don't sabotage yourself. You don't fall on your own sword. Um, so if something doesn't go your way, let's say it's a no, it's a no this time, whether it's relationship, work, whether it's something else, just think that um, perhaps it wasn't meant to be this time. 
um, because that's a lot better than some of the things that we can say, like I'm not good enough, I'm rubbish, I'm useless, I'm worthless. Um, why did I even bother? Who do I think I am? These are all the things that we could be thinking. Okay, you need to know who you are and what you're worth. You're worth a hell of a lot more than you think. So it wasn't meant to work out this time. Much better, much more positive way of framing things. Um, also, we can ask ourselves one of my favorite questions of all time, which is, what can I learn from this? You're the hero in your story, so the story continues. There will be other opportunities. There'll be other people, there'll be other chances. There may even be different connections with the same things and people in the future. Um, so what can you learn to be in a better position next time is a great question to ask. Then there's two more that I'm going to share with you. Um, the next is, what should I do next? That's a really empowering question because it gives you um, the, uh, the, the invitation to think about the future. What should you do next? Okay, where do I go from here then? What should I do next? And then finally, um, especially when it comes to putting yourself out there and knowing what you're worth, when you know what you're worth and someone just doesn't see that, that's fine, that's their thing. You can't force people to do that. Like Aladdin, you can't change free will. It's one of the rules that the genie gave Aladdin. You can't change free will. Um, so you've got to think to yourself, well, all right, who deserves me? Because you've got a hell of a lot to offer. You've got so much to offer. You, you're, you're unique. You're, you're bright. You like to learn because you're watching this video at this time, you know, um, far into it now. Um, so think, who does deserve me? Because it might be that those people at that organisation within that role don't deserve you or that person just doesn't deserve your energy and your time and love right now. In which case, you can protect yourself and go and move on and know that you don't need those things. You're not depending on those things for your happiness. You are who you are and you know that and you trust it and you love it. That's where we want to be. Uh, we don't need to depend on anybody else. I know I went for a job interview once um, when I was 17 and got told that I wasn't um, suitable for the role. And it's a bloody good thing, really, because it was at an insurance company. No offence to insurance companies. I was actually working in an insurance company yesterday as a consultant. Um, but it wasn't what I was supposed to do. And, and specifically, they're sitting behind a desk, um, although, ironically, I am behind a desk right now, but doing that for a living was not what I was supposed to do. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, okay, well, well I, you know, I was up for that. I was up for it. I was up for doing that job. I was up for earning some money. So who deserves my intent and who deserves my energy now? Who can I find to, to give that to? Uh, it turns out that's then what led me to working as a lifeguard, which then led me to work in, in a gym, which was the right thing to do because it set me on this path. So I'm sure there's things in your life that you can apply these things to. Wasn't meant to be right now. What can I learn from this? What's next for me and who or what deserves my time and energy? So take that on board. Rejection is a very normal thing. The reason we're scared of it, the reason why it causes us harm is because it's caused us pain in the past and we're built, we're wired to protect ourselves and to survive. So anything that's caused us pain, we're going to avoid, which is why it can get a bit complicated when it comes to taking risks and putting yourself out there. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. You're only human. No one's perfect. No such thing. It's like trying to grab oxygen. It's impossible. Keep doing you. That's all you can do and do it to the best of your ability. The vulnerability is right there in between. And once we get through vulnerability, we're able to actually show courage. Now, the thing is, courage is one of the most attractive human traits. Think about it. Every movie that we love, every story, uh, every, every situation that we admire, 
um, generally involves courage because we admire that. We like it when people go head to head with their challenges. We want them to win. We want them to be successful. We want them to overcome their problem. And that's an awesome, awesome position to take in life, isn't it? Courage is an exceptional uh, trait in, in everyone. You've got courage. You're here, aren't you? You've been through challenges. You've shown courage. The thing about courage, though, is that it requires vulnerability. It can't exist without vulnerability. And so we've got to be able to embrace that. We've got to be able to take that on board and say, you know what? If I'm in a position right now where I feel a bit vulnerable, a bit bit open, a bit exposed, that if you hold on tight and you figure out what you need to do and you get the right people around you, you will be able to succeed and get through your challenge when you show that courage, right? So courage is sexy. Courage is attractive. In order to get that, there needs to be vulnerability. So we invite it um, because that's necessary. Vulnerability does not mean weakness. Weakness is the opposite of vulnerable. In my opinion, weakness is cowardly uh, behaviour. It's when you aren't able to step up and and, and be honest with yourself and be truthful. Um, That is weakness. Now, particularly in men, we struggle with this sometimes because we think, and this is why it's great to talk about this, Mental Health Awareness Week, is that we struggle to talk about our feelings. um, And sometimes we, you know, push it down uh, because we don't want to appear weak. Well, it's not weak. It's just vulnerable. But vulnerability, as I've said, is, is a necessary equation, part of the equation, for courage to exist. And there is no man out there that does not admire courage. We all do. So in order to be courageous, we've actually got to be vulnerable, right? It does not mean uh, that you are weak. It means completely the opposite thing. In fact, um, at being more in touch with your emotions as a man or a woman simply amplifies you as a person. Anyone who doesn't get on with that, who takes the piss, who points fingers, doesn't support it, they're not doing you any good in your life anyway. So you've done yourself a massive favour by like, sorting out the people who you should have in your corner versus the ones that are always going to drag you down, hold you back. You know, they can't be there with you when you're being a bit vulnerable and showing who you are who you are really, then uh, they shouldn't be there in the first place, in my opinion. So you've done yourself a massive favour in the long term. So here's the other thing about vulnerability. Vulnerability invites support. It invites strength and it invites love. I know that some of the relationships that I've built with people have been strengthened and bound together, probably for the rest of my life and theirs, in moments of shared vulnerability. In fact, those of you that are married or have a partner, I'm sure that at some point you've shown and shared vulnerability with them. It's part of the reason why you're so close. Maybe with your parents, maybe with your kids, maybe with your best friend, maybe with people who were really close to you, but now you, know, you don't get so much uh, interaction, but you know that as soon as you see them, it's like you've never been apart. Like Those relationships, they are formed and built and bound together on shared vulnerability, which is why vulnerability should be embraced Now, here's the part where the phone call, I'll be back, I'll be back. Um, Here's the part where I call you out a little bit on this. You can't plan vulnerability. Now, when you think that you're being vulnerable by posting something out online, you're not being vulnerable. Now, what you are doing is being, I will have to go shortly, I'm getting phone calls. Honesty is great. We should be more honest, especially on social media. Honesty is great. But coming out and saying, hey, this is a really vulnerable post is not vulnerable because you're still controlling it. I'll tell you what vulnerability is. Imagine this scenario. I've got your phone and I've posted a random photo from your phone. I've posted it online and you don't know which one it is. 
and let that feeling sink in because that's vulnerability because there's no control. You don't know what's going to happen. It's the unknown. It's the, oh, wow, what if that happened? What if it was that? But, oh, my God, what? I, I've got no control. I can't, like, there's nothing I can do to see whether it was my good side or my bad side or to whether it was a photo that was really not appropriate for being online, right? So, uh, Rachel, I won't, I won't put my, my phone on flight mode just because it could be an important call, but I know that the person that's calling uh, is going to get my uh, 100% attention after this. So, uh, appreciate the advice, appreciate the tip, though. So, like, vulnerability and honesty with posting on social media, totally different things. You can't predict or control uh, vulnerability. Vulnerability is something that you can't control, simple as that. Courage gets you through it. Honesty is important. That's one. That'll be the last one. I believe it's equally as important to be honest and vulnerable. And I hope this resonates with you. Mental Health Awareness Week, last part of this. Do not let 2020 come along. Do not let Mental Health Awareness Week come along next year and be in a position where you're not doing anything about it. Do something about it, please. There is a difference between struggling and complaining and struggling and doing something. So please don't let 2020 come back around and you're still complaining. If you are, you might not be. But if you are, take this message as tough love. Start doing. You've got to do something about it. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. And I mean that with love.